Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, folks, we're, we're going through the Gospel of Luke and we're looking at the life of Jesus, and there's been a lot here that, you know, if you just read through it, you could miss a whole lot of what Jesus is saying here, what Luke is trying to help us to understand about Jesus. And the reality is, is that it's a very real book. And what do I mean by it's real? Because Luke is not painting a pretty picture of everything. First of all, he's not painting a pretty picture about how people respond to Jesus. He's given us a radical view of Jesus, but he's also wanting to show us that the followers of Jesus don't have their act together. They're not perfect. In fact, they're prone to doing things wrong. In fact, we're going to be entering into one instance of this when we look at verses 51 through 56, where they're going to go possibly go to a village. The village doesn't want to have anything to do with Jesus and one of them, one of the disciples, decides, well, let's just call down fire and destroy the place. Really, it's a spirit of retaliation that's being shown here. And I think this is a very powerful passage for you and I to look at, because when you think about you and I living our lives out in this world, we're going to have people reject us. We're going to have people who don't like what you believe. We're going to have people who may even be antagonistic to what you believe. So let me just ask you a question. How many of you like rejection? Raise your hand. Nobody likes rejection. And when we respond to it, and when somebody rejects us, we first thing that happens is, is we get angry about it. Nobody likes to be rejected. Like, what's your deal? Why don't you like me? And that's what we're going to see happening in this passage. And from this, we're going to see that there's an application for our lives. In fact, there's an application even today. So how many of you noticed in the news that there's a pastor down in Florida who burned a Koran? And he made a big deal out of it on purpose. How many of you saw that in the news? How many of you saw it in the news now that in Afghanistan, where we have troops, there have been riots because of this guy in Florida burning a Koran, and I think so far maybe nine or ten people have been killed. How many of you saw that? Now, that guy in Florida is not accepting any responsibility for his actions. He's saying that what's happening over there has nothing to do with him burning a Koran. Whether that's true or not, here's the bottom line issue. What he did is not biblical. You know, you may have an issue with Muslims, and they may not like us as Christians, but that's okay. What we're going to see is, is that Jesus is going to tell us there's another way to respond. And it isn't with the spirit of retaliation. In fact, when you see that spirit of retaliation, what usually happens? One person retaliates, another retaliates. And then there's more retaliation. That's what we're going to see here. So I want you to notice with me, let's look at the passage together, and we'll go through this. Look with me, verse 51. Now it came to pass when he when the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face 
And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, just as Elijah did? But he turned and rebuked them and said, You do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Here's what we're going to do, folks. We're going to look at three different things from this passage. First of all, we're going to see his determination. That's Jesus' determination. We're going to see the rejection that takes place. And then we're going to see the call for vengeance and see how Jesus responds to that. First of all, notice his determination. Verse 51 tells us something very interesting. Number one, it's telling us this, that Jesus knows the time of his death is approaching. Jesus knows the time of his death is approaching. Look at what it says. Now, it came to pass when the time had come for him to receive, to be received up, that is, to be lifted up on a cross, look at what it says, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. The first thing I want you to see is this. This is very important for you and I to understand, is that Jesus knows his death is coming. A lot of people like to say that he was caught unawares and he's just some pathetic figure from history who didn't understand what was happening to him. But the reality is is that Jesus knows he's going to Jerusalem, he's going to die there. He's already told his disciples that many times in this chapter. Jesus knows the time is coming for him to die. The time and the purpose is there for him to die. Now, the interesting thing, if you knew that if you headed in a direction, and in that direction it's almost certain death for you, what would you do? Go in another direction, wouldn't you? But the second point I want you to see is is that Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem. Jesus was determined to go to Jerusalem. He, He uses an idiom here. He uses a saying here that's particular to the Old Testament. It says that he set his face to go. That is, he set his face. That is, he was determined, he was resolved to head in that direction. So knowing that his death was coming, knowing that the time of his crucifixion was at hand, he determined, that is, he made every effort to make it to Jerusalem. That's what he's saying here. That's his determination. So we see that about Jesus. So when you think about Jesus, here's the reality that you need to understand. He willingly and was determined to go to the cross for you and I. Isn't that interesting? He willingly, because he knew it was going to happen, and he was determined to go to the cross for you and I. That's what we see there in verse 51. Then we get to verse 52 and we see the rejection. So here's what happens. As Jesus is going about, as he's heading to Jerusalem, he sends messengers out ahead of him, verse 52 says. The messengers were to go ahead, because when you think about it, he's got a pretty big group with him. If you think about it, he's got at least 12 with him, some estimate up to 70, men and women. And so as they go ahead, I mean, he's got to send messengers ahead to prepare for him to prepare for his crowd, prepare for his group that's with him, because those folks have to eat, those folks have to sleep. So he sends these folks ahead 
to prepare for him. So as they're going, they go through Samaria and they enter into a Samaritan village. And you would think that this is Jesus. Everybody in the world knows that he heals. Everybody in the world knows that he raises the dead. Everybody knows that he takes care of folks who are demon-possessed. This is Jesus. But the interesting thing happens was is that this village does not want him. When this village finds out that Jesus is going to Jerusalem, they don't want him, and they reject him. That's interesting, isn't it? Several things we can see from this passage here that we see. Number one, people operate from their own perspective. Let me help you understand. When it talks about Samaritans, I want you to understand who they are. Samaria, if you know in the Old Testament, was the northern kingdom. It was conquered by the Assyrians. The Assyrians, when they conquered, usually displaced people. They would take a group of conquered people from one area and stick them in another area. And so what happened was, is when they stuck a group of conquered people from one area in Samaria, those Samaritans who were left there, those Israelis who were left there, from, who were from Samaria, the northern kingdom, intermingled, they intermarried with the people from the other area. And so basically Samaritans were, and I'll have to use a word that probably isn't nice, they were half-breeds, is the term. They were a mixture of Jewish as well as some other nationality. And so because of that, they were rejected by the southern kingdom. They were rejected by the Jews from the south, from Judea. They were rejected then, by that time, from the Jews who lived in Galilee, north of them. So you had Samaria in the middle, you had Judea in the south, and you had Galilee in the north. And so here you are, you've got all these Jews around you, and you're this group of people, the Samaritans, and you're being rejected by everybody else. So what happens is, is that because of their isolation... They developed their own system, their own places of worship. So rather than going to Jerusalem, they went to a mountain to worship in Samaria. They had their own Bible, so to speak, they, and their own priests and so forth. So they had their own worship. And the animosity between the Samaritans and the Jews was pretty strong. So here comes Jesus. Everybody knows about Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus. Everybody wants something from Jesus. And so the passage very clearly tells you here that when they come, okay, they're Jews, there's that animosity, but they reject him because they have a different perspective. Their focus is to go to worship somewhere else, not to Jerusalem. And when they hear that Jesus is going to Jerusalem, they don't want anything to do with him. You get out of here. In fact, that brings up the next point. They rejected those who are contrary. They rejected those who are contrary. The Samaritans did what you and I would do. Can't be too hard on them. They rejected somebody who was completely different than them. Isn't that what we do? Isn't that what we do? Our tendency is, and this is especially true in our area here, we don't want to hang out with people who are just like us. You ever notice that? And if somebody is different, Somebody's got a different accent, especially if it's a foreign accent. And somebody eats different kinds of foods. What do you mean you don't like cheeseburgers? 
What's the matter with you? We reject them. We don't want to have anything to do with them. And especially if their religious practices are different than ours. We reject them. And this is what's going on there. They're rejecting Jesus because what he wants to do is contrary to who they are. Contrary to who they are. So you see that there. But here's the problem. Here's the problem I want you to see. Is that because of this rejection that we see there, verse 54 and 56, shows that the disciples don't like being rejected. Again, how many of us like being rejected? None of us. Nobody likes rejection. These guys don't like rejection, especially because I want you to think about it now. They recognize that Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, the guy who's going to speak was on the mountain with him and saw Jesus in his glorified state. So he's got a different perspective of who Jesus is. So there he is, and he sees this rejection, and so immediately he gets, he gets passionate for Jesus. Like, man, we can't let these people reject you. We've got to do something about it. God, is it okay, Jesus, is it okay if we call down fire and let the fire consume them, wipe them out? There's a call for vengeance. So here's what I want you to see about this call for vengeance. Number one, there's an urge to retaliate. There's an urge to retaliate. You know what? That's so natural, isn't it? I want you to think about it for a moment. Think about the last time you were rejected by somebody. What was your first impulse? What was your first reaction? I can almost guarantee you that probably somewhere in there, if it wasn't the first reaction, it might have been the second or third reaction, I can almost guarantee you that being rejected by someone is so hurtful that your initial reaction is, is you just want to hit back. You want them to feel pain. You want to retaliate. This is what's going on here. John sees what's going on. Look with me. Look at verse 54. He says, And when the disciples... James and John saw this. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Their first initial response is they want to hit back at whoever's rejecting them. They want to retaliate. That's a natural reaction, folks. Every one of us here, if you are normal, when somebody rejects you, you want to hit back at them. You want to hurt them because they hurt you. Everybody understand what I'm saying? So this is the natural reaction. But here's what I want you to see. Here's what's going on. We lose sight in our zealousness. We lose sight in our zealousness. So here's what's going on. What's happening here is that urge to retaliate happens, but they're with Jesus, and Jesus has never yet communicated a message that involves the sword. Jesus has never yet communicated a message that involves fighting. But they recognize he's the Messiah, and so they're zealous for him. So what happens is, is in their zealousness for Jesus, they lose sight of what really matters. They lose sight of what's important. Because all they can see is, is that somebody's rejected us, somebody doesn't like us, and we need to deal with these folks. 
Isn't that what happens? Think about it, folks. The last time you retaliated. Don't tell me what it was. I don't want to hear it. But think about the last time you retaliated against somebody who hurt you or rejected you. Chances are that when you retaliated, you weren't thinking right. If anything, what was thinking for you was your emotions. Everybody ever understand what I'm saying? When you retaliated against them, it was not because you were thinking right of what's right or what's wrong in the situation. Your emotions took control of you, and that's all you were like, Rah! they're going to pay. And the urge is there, and you give in to the urge to retaliate. What happens is, is when we get zealous for Jesus and get zealous for our Christianity, and I can take it one step further, when you get zealous in your patriotism, thought processes leave and emotions take over. I mean, think about it. They've been with Jesus. He's never communicated anything as far as ever retaliating against anyone. In fact, let me just remind you, when we went through the Sermon on the Mount, what did Jesus say? Love your enemies. Do good to those who do wrong to you. Don't seek vengeance. What happens was is their emotions take over, and that brings me to my next point. They ignored Jesus' outright command. They ignored Jesus' outright command. I already told you one of them, love your enemies. Let me tell you another one that's at the very beginning of this chapter. Listen to me. All the way, go all the way back to the beginning of chapter 9. Look with me, verse 3 through 5, specifically verse 5. Take nothing with you, neither staffs nor bag, for, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics apiece. Whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. Now look at verse 5. And whoever will not receive you, when you come out of that city, shake the very dust from your feet as a testimony against them. What did Jesus say to them? When somebody rejects you in a village, what are you supposed to do? Shake the dust off your feet and let that be a testimony against them in the future judgment to come. What did they want to do, folks? Retaliate. What were they doing? They were ignoring what Jesus told them to do. Think about that. When our emotions take over, especially when it comes to the area of rejection, and we're overzealous for whatever it is that we're overzealous for, when our emotions take over, it really doesn't matter what God says, does it? It really doesn't matter what Jesus wants us to do. All we can think about is what our emotions want us to do, and we want to retaliate. We want to retaliate. We want to hit back. We want to be right there. But I want you to notice what Jesus is saying to them, because Jesus rebuked them. And that rebuke is for us today as well. Look at what it says there. This is a time of invitation rather than judgment. This is a time of invitation rather than judgment. Look with me at verse 55 through 56. And he turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. Folks, here's what Jesus is saying. 
Jesus is, is very clearly rebuking John and James' attitude and their spirit of retaliation because of this rejection thing. He's saying to them, guys, this isn't the time for judgment. I'm not here to judge right now. Judgment is coming. Don't you understand? This is why I told you when you go into a village and they reject you, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Because one day everything will be set in order. But right now, you just move on to another village. This is a time of invitation. This is a time for people to accept Jesus Christ. It's not a time for you to reject and, and be retaliatory to those who don't want to hear your message. Go on and give somebody else another message. I'll deal with them later. You see what's going on there? He doesn't want us to have an attitude where we are retaliating against those who don't like our message. You don't like our message? Jesus is saying, fine, we'll turn somewhere else with the message. This is a time of invitation, not judgment. But isn't that what we want? Isn't that what we want? We want judgment right now. We want payback. We want those who hurt us to pay. We want those who aren't doing wrong to pay. But you know what? We can't be too hard on James and John. Because the reality is we are just like them. I want you to think about it for a moment. Think about your life right now. Think about somebody. Maybe it's somebody at work. And they know that you're a Christian. And they just give you the raspberries. And they just give you the hardest time. And your tendency is, is you want to, you have the urge to what? Retaliate. In fact, you're even praying for that. God zap them. Take them out. Move them to the dirtiest department. Transfer them somewhere else, Lord. Just get them out of here. And if I can help, I'll do it. Just don't let anybody know. Isn't that the way we act? Lord, I don't like that group of people because they're not accepting Jesus right now, so we need to wipe them out. Isn't that the attitude that some people are having today in our country about folks? That's the attitude that would burn a Quran. Folks, I'm not saying that Qurans are a holy Bible, but I think there's a better way to respond to it than that, isn't there? We are just like them. And Jesus is saying to you and I, look, folks, this is not the time for judgment. Judgment is coming. This is the time for invitation. This is the time for us to share the gospel of Jesus and let others respond. And if they don't respond, that's fine. God will deal with it later. It's a time of invitation. You see how Jesus is different? You know, if Jesus came back today, would he be happy or disappointed with us? I, folks, I really think that he would be disappointed, just like he was disappointed with them. You know, as we look at this passage, there's three things that kind of stick out here. One's a question. Let me give you this one. Don't you think about it? I want you to dwell on it. How do you respond to those who reject? How do you respond to those who reject you? 
And especially, how do you respond to those who reject you because you are a believer in Jesus Christ? How do you respond to that? Can I tell you what I typically see happening right now? And I think this is a detriment to the church, and we in the church need to wake up to it. North American Christians can't handle the fact that we are becoming less and less Christian as a nation. And so what we're doing is that we're going on the war path, and we're attacking people, we're slandering people, we're doing all kinds of things because we just can't handle it that the rest of the nation has decided they don't want God. And so we're reacting, and we're acting like James and John. God, take us home right now and wipe the place out. The reality is, is that's not what he's telling us, is it? How do you react to those who reject you? How do you react? How do you react? That's a good question, isn't it? That's really what Jesus wants us to deal with, is how do you react to those who reject you? And let me just say, if you're like me, and your natural tendency is, is to want to retaliate and make people hurt, You're normal. But God calls us to something different. In fact, are you ignoring Jesus' teaching? Well, I, I guess, yeah, possibly, maybe. What did he tell us? Love your enemies. Three words. Can't read between those lines. Can't find an exception there. I mean, if you look at those words in the Bible, there's no little asterisks, and at the bottom it's fill in the blank of your exceptions. How you doing? I'll tell you how I'm doing. I'm not doing too well on that one. Are you ignoring his teaching? See, if we get back to his teaching, we're kind of left exposed, aren't we? Because when we look at the first one and we say, well, you know, I don't want, I, 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 my tendency is to retaliate against those who hurt me. The culture would say, okay, you're fine. You're like the rest of us. But we don't live our lives based upon what the culture says. We want to live our lives based upon what Jesus says. So you go back to what Jesus says, and Jesus says what? Love your enemies. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Shake the dust off your feet, because judgment day is coming, and I will deal with them. This is what he's saying to this. How are you doing? Are you ignoring his commandments? And then the third thing is this. Realize, recognize that this, it is a time of invitation. Recognize, folks, especially if you're here and somebody's rejecting your Christianity at work or in home or wherever, realize this is not a time of judgment. This is not a time for you to, to try to browbeat them and beat them up about it. This is a time for you to recognize, you know what, if they don't accept my message, then I will go on and give someone else my message. Because judgment's coming, but I'm not the judge. This is a time of invitation. 
and I'm passing on invitations. You see the reality of that? Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.